Well, I like it about as much as I like Joan Collins. I'm Justin. Holy Scarecrow and Mrs. Heart to Heart. I'm Sam. Oh, darling. I love you so much. I'm Jackie, and this is the Cartier Fair. Stink of Madness. What's that smell? I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at me! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm gonna hit you with so many rights, you're gonna beg for a left. Thrill me. Beg for a left. Thrill me. Welcome to Stinker Madness. I'd like to first thank Jackie for her excellent Joan Collins uh, impression. I don't think I've ever heard anybody do a Joan Collins impression better. So, well done. Um, thank you. You're also my first Joan Collins impression. <laughs> so, the bar's pretty low. Yeah, but it was good. It was good. Uh, yeah, Cartier Affair. Or Cartier Affair. Courier Affair. Cartier, he yells it about 50 times during the movie. The Caviar Affair. Uh, <laughs> from 1984, a TV movie starring David Hasselhoff and Joan Collins, currently streaming on Amazon Prime, picked by Jackie this week. Uh, Sam, take over. ABC hit huge with Heart to Heart. NBC chased their tails on Heart to Heart, even after Heart to Heart was canceled. Mm. Okay. I don't remember Heart to Heart. Give... Give some people. You don't some, remember Heart to Heart. Yeah, not all of us uh, like uh, primetime uh, TV in the '80s. That was not the Thursday night run on NBC and Full House. I pretty much walked away from everything else that was on TV. We wouldn't have remembered Heart to Heart from. We remember it from those of us who do our age would remember it from the reruns. Okay, because Heart to Heart was like '79 to '84, okay. right when this all was right, made. Right. What was the What was the story there? Uh, they're a rich couple. Uh -huh. It's Robert Wagner. Okay. Uh, I can't remember the gal that's in it, but they're rich married couple who catch murderers for their hobby. Okay. So kind of like Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Brangelina, kind of that same thing? Kind of. Okay. Not really, because they were spies that didn't know that each other were spies. They're like, oh, honey, let's get up and have a caviar for breakfast and then catch murderers <laughs> with our private plane and our butler. <laughs> God damn it, the 80s. Okay. Well, you need somebody and to it, carry it the guns. It started in 79, so, yeah. <laughs> right, but I mean, uh, thrived in the 80s. And, like, I mean, NBC was just chasing their tails on this thing. They're like, what do we do? Oh, my God, what do we do? So they do Scarecrow and Mrs. King with uh, Kate Jackson, mm -hmm. who's, of course, when Charlie, one of the Charlie's Angels, mm -hmm. and Bruce Boxleitner, who's... Bruce Boxleitner, and that's probably why it wasn't as big of a deal, even though it should have been a bigger deal. I think that Scarecrow and Mrs. King is a far superior program. Okay. Uh, NBC is so hard into recapturing the magic of Heart to Heart that they've apparently done TV movies with the uh, Scarecrow and Mrs. King team, which is that's what this is. You have the writers and the executive producers are... Uh, Eugene Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner. They bring in everybody. This is a movie made by the team of Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Even Arthur Rubenstein does the music. And one of the only sort of bring-ins is uh, John H. Epstein, the stunt coordinator who worked extensively on Knight Rider, which isn't a big surprise there as that was their stunt show. Mm-hmm. So it's an all-star team because that's where they've got all their money invested at this point is in Knight Rider, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, and Dynasty. That's NBC's bread and butter, and this movie is a butter meld of that. <laughs> it's a it's a butter sandwich. Mm. It's a butter sandwich <laughs> made of Scarecrow and Mrs. King, Dynasty, and Knight Rider. So this did air on NBC then? Is that is that where this is going? 
Yeah, this was a bigger TV event because NBC chasing their tails over heart to heart probably pushed this as hard as they'd pushed a TV movie in a while. They spent two point five million on it okay. in nineteen eighty four. So it's a that's a it's a chunk of change, and that it's got it all. Um, unfortunately, every episode of Scarecrow and Mrs. King also had it all. <laughs> And every episode of Heart to Heart pretty much had it all. Even though, you know, after you're doing the series for a while, you get to just use stock shots of the planes. Mm -hmm. You don't have to actually make your own plane chases because that's a thing. Right. Plane chases. Plane chases. (laughs) Get him. I kind of want to talk about Joan Collins more than anything other than what I just did. Uh, I'm fine with that. Why this movie. Yeah, like the, the Scarecrow and Mrs. King Heart to Heart thing is why this movie happened, but... Uh, Joan Collins is basically playing herself in this. Really? She's at the point in her career in Dynasty that she's had some uh, labor disputes, say. Okay. She's become labeled as difficult. Like like piss bath labor disputes? No. Okay. She just, as it turns out, she's just a lot smarter than every dumbass producer that she's ever had to work Hmm. with. There's a little evidence supporting that. (laughs) <laughs> that for like almost 30 years, she's been a frequent or constant contributor to all of the following uh, publications. The Spectator, The Daily, and Sunday Telegraph. Uh-huh. The Daily... The Daily Mail. Okay. The Times, The Lady, and Harper's Bazaar. Hmm. She's also sold 50 million copies of her novels in 30 different languages. Wow, okay. Which isn't as much as the 500 million copies her sister Jackie Collins sold, but again, she was a starlet for like 40 years. And still managed to write that many books. She's sisters with Jackie Collins? Yes. Oh. What does that mean to you? Well, Jackie Collins was beautiful. She's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Okay. So you're like- 500 million. Why did she have such a gargoyle that is Joan Collins as a sister? No, I don't think that Joan Collins is a gargoyle. I think that, uh, you know, like she never had her own clothing line. Yeah. So maybe maybe what Sam is saying is legit. Like the dynamic between the two of them is kind of like the Marsha and Cindy uh, dynamic. I think her name is Cindy. Uh, you know, where Marsha's all, all the fans adore Jackie's beautiful visage. And uh, Joan is kind of the ugly duckling of the family. And so therefore, that means she has to be the smart one. It was Jan. Jan. Cindy. No, Jackie Collins is the one that sold 500 million copies. Joan sold 50 million books after, you know, being a starlet for 40 years. And to support that she is hot, she did Playboy at 50. Wow. Huh. Okay. So basically... They're just the good-looking, smart people sisters. No. So, Joan Collins, starlet, playboy, also writer. Mm-hmm. Jackie Collins, accomplished writer. That's it? And also hot? 500 million copies. Yeah, yeah but also hot, it. according to Jackie. So, what, what are we even arguing here? It seems like they're, they're both, both hot, hot and smart. <laughs> I, I, I think Joan Collins was a little hotter. You go do an image search on Joan Collins. You're going to see some hot stuff. Okay. Well, that and she was in uh, American Horror Story. She was, yes. Yes. And she looked fantastic in that. Like, she's a robot. She hasn't aged hmm. very much at all. Well, her la- her first name is Joan, so maybe she's on the old, uh, you know, on the old plastic surgery train. I think if your name's Joan, you just get a bunch of shit slapped to your face. Like, that's that's your life. Anybody remember Joan Rivers? Come on. Yeah, but... <laughs> You can tell because you start to look like a plastic robot, and she doesn't. Mm. There's Joan Collins still looks good, and she's eighties in her eighties. Wow, it's she's just good looking. That's the size of it. She, yeah, it's weird. Is she Christy Brinkley hot? Depends on what you like, Christy Brinkley. <laughs> then no. Okay, all right. Uh, she was also. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you ran into this, but uh, I went down a little worm of Joan Collins in far, as far as stinkers. And she was in a franchise uh, of what appear to be hot and horny movies called, uh, the first one's The Stud, and the second one is just called Bitch. Have you heard of those at all? 
I saw them on when I was kind of yeah. glassing over her. I was thinking of uh, yeah. checking them out, uh, see, seeing what the story there was. There probably is a story there. It, it might be interesting to follow up on that later. Yeah. But- I found that as far as like the steaminess of it, that she did Playboy at 50 was more interesting. Mm, okay. All right. Well, supposedly the stud is like the Caligula of 70s disco movies, so might be, uh, Ooh. Might be uh, <laughs> worth checking out. <laughs> yeah. Uh Telly Savalas is in this movie four times. Mm-hmm. He gets like third billing. There for a day, Ed, probably. Yeah. Ed Lautner is in a lot of the movie. Yeah. Or Ed Lauder. Mm-hmm. We all know him from Sheriff of Everything, right. Bad Guy, Dirty Cop. I remember him most lovingly as john sebastian kane sheriff and bj and the bear <laughs> right <laughs> the thing that's interesting about ed lauder is that he's a stand-up nobody knows that really he was a stand-up forever but he just kept getting these dirty cop bad guy roles uh-huh. that paid the bills and he's just oh yeah so now he's a veteran actor and he's like i'm a comedian actually <laughs> really i guess not i guess not <laughs> okay what else we got? That's the most, unless you want to add something about Hasselhoff. No, like, I we, don't. I think, we, a, I think we've sort beat of, the Hoff to death. We, yeah, and that for this movie, it's sort of like a no-brainer. Knight Rider's in dead center of its popularity, mm-hmm. and he got his start on Young and the Restless, so the soap community is going to love him already. Yeah, yeah. No, he's the perfect cast for this. Oh, not to mention that he his arms are cut in this movie. Really? They're just when, long. Well, when he has his sleeveless shirt on and his tank tops, it's like, Dude, those are some guns. He's not exactly Chris Hemsworth ever, Jackie. No. I don't know what you no, see as guns. But he does have that, like, the younger Hoff, when he's really slender like this, the physique is more impressive. He just looks more like a beach volleyball player. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I would say, not he's Thor. got He's got definition. He looks good. Okay. All and right. I think his hair is at an all-time high. Oh, right this, too. for everything we've done, this is as big as his hair has been in any of the movies. Like, it's super permed. Yeah. I'll just burn this joke now. We'll get there eventually, but the key ingredient to pulling a hubba hubba heist is a good perm. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should check that out. Let's bring it back. You know, we're both rocking mustaches. We might as well bring the perm back too, Sam. I'd have to grow my hair, and that's just something gross at this age. Like, once my hair gets longer than like an inch, I'm like, get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We we'd also have to come up with something clever, like like you know, like there's the femme mullet. We'd have to do like the perm man. It. Like you really put stress on the man part of permanent. So it's like a cool thing to say. <laughs> Maybe like blending all of the millennial stuff with the '80s stuff, where we just come up and we kind of invent our own. Perm fauxhawk. Oh, okay, okay. So it's like a it's like a fauxhawk, but then just poofy on the ends at the very top. Just it's basically just a curly mohawk. <laughs> so it's a poodle. Yeah, yeah, the poodle. <laughs> sure, I think it could be big. You see all this other shit people are doing with their heads, and you're like, this is not any stupider, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, the Cartier affair. Uh, basically. Let's uh, set the stage here. Joan Collins is a soap opera star named Cartier Rand. Cartier Rand. It's her fake name. It's a stage name. Uh, she's working on a show called Stormfront. I'd like to know what it was about because basically it seems like it's only about her being in bed with dudes. Uh, and then uh, on the other side of things, Kurt Taylor, played by David Hasselhoff, is an ex-con who's getting out and owes a shit ton of money to Telly Savalas, who is the mob kingpin by the name of Drexler. And it seems like he owes Telly Savalas money for working for him. Like, Telly Savalas has been like, oh, you're a damn good secretary. Uh, The privilege of being my secretary the whole time that you've been in here is you owe me (laughs) $35,000. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Well, Hasselhoff does break it down at, at one point in the movie that, He's paying $10,000 for protection. Right. There's 10000 there, which is just a protection racket. Okay. And he lost a bunch of money playing... Craps. Yeah, craps. Prison craps to Telly Savalas, which I would be wondering how that would work. He also lost some money on some bad bets. Craps. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... 
gambling and bad bets. Yeah, that's, you know. And then something else. But the haircut. Either way. <laughs> yeah, the haircut. He has no. He's been compensated none whatsoever for his work as the secretary. He got protection, Sam. From no, he had to pay ten thousand dollars from for his own guys. You know, no. That was so that if he dropped the soap, he wasn't going to get the rapins. Yeah, from the guys that he's paying to protect him. That's that's how the protection racket works. You don't actually get protection because the people you're paying are the people that are you're being protected from by the people who are doing the protecting. No, not in the prison circuit, dude. There are rival gangs and you're untouchable. I think it's a protection racket. You just, you just, oh my it's, God. first day of prison, you go in there and punch the smallest guy in the face that you can find. That's how you get, get away with it. And that small guy ends up beating you up and then everybody <laughs> rapes you. Because it turns out you're a wanker. Yeah, right. <laughs> then they wagon train you and uh, that's the end of that. Yep. Day one in prison. <laughs> Take our advice out there, criminals. <laughs> It's the only way to do it. Okay, so uh, basically that sets the stage. He owes Kojak $35,000, and he's got two weeks to pay it back starting tomorrow, his first day out. So immediately he finds a part, an apartment in Hollywood. Uh, it's a little dumpy jobber, but whatever, it'll work for him. Dude, this looks like one of my first apartments. Yeah, so I'm like, for an ex-con. Yeah, I'm all right. I could see that. I feel like Hollywood apartments are probably out of reach for more most ex-cons. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, considering he's next to the sign, which means he's in West Hollywood. And isn't West Hollywood the better version of Hollywood? Uh, West Hollywood is the predominantly gay neighborhood. So, high rent. <laughs> yeah, high rent, yeah. nice things. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, uh, elsewhere... Uh, Cartier is shooting uh, her uh, Stormfront scenes, and we kind of learn that she maybe likes acting but doesn't necessarily love everything that goes with it. The endorsements, the agents, the managers, people always screaming at her. We don't do any pr uh, uh, paparazzi in this movie, but let's just say she hates that too. And everybody's out to get you and nobody actually cares about you as a person. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're an actor. Right. We, I don't know how many times I've, I've seen an actor and not known what their real name is, but I know their character. And so I'm like, Hey, look, it's buddy Holly. Like, no, that's, uh, that's Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was never Buddy Holly. I'm using an example. That's a bad example. Just be like, oh, you know, our neighbors, Andy Dufresne, you know? You know, the guy that lives down the street, Andy Dufresne? He's great. I love him. No? You're just going to pretend... You're just going to, like, walk away from the fact that you said Tom Hanks. You know, Buddy Holly. <laughs> like, what? It's Tom Hanks! You can't come up with a real role that Tom Hanks played? You know, he's the manager <laughs> for that thing you do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. literally, his most famous his most famous character is the name of the movie. <laughs> Jesus, buddy Holly. He was never Jesus in a movie. <laughs> 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 okay. Oh man, uh, rails get back on him, dude. Okay, so yeah, life's not going great for her, even though she's super rich and whatever. Her secretary. Uh, has gotten drunk and found a gun, I guess, and just decided to shoot up her house uh, because she hates her. And so now she's out of a secretary. Um, I don't know if she hates her. She seemed very nice headed to the police yeah, that's car. What I thought too. She's like, she's like, oh, I guess there was a gun in there. And so she must have just woke up from her ripper that she went on and was like, oh, shit. I found the gin and shot the place up again. <laughs> Whoops. But it cuts to a framed photo of Joan Collins with a bullet right in the, between the eyes. So that's why I'm thinking, like, is the movie trying to tell us that she hates her? Like, fuck this place and fuck this woman. Yeah, that or she's just a really good shot when she's drunk on gin. <laughs> okay, so her man, I don't even know what her man his name is oh ben ben we find that out later i guess he's the manager uh yes he's tasked with finding a new secretary for her. 
Right. And her secretary is more than uh, just a stenographer. She's, I guess they didn't have in 1984 the name personal assistant. Because secretary is not what this lady's hiring. She's hiring a friend. Yeah, a personal assistant. She's so, people hate her so much that she has to pay for friends. I'm pretty well, sure. Well, also in the game of being a personal assistant, when you're hiring one, I guess if you're that rich, you actually have to hire somebody that you can be friends with because that's the person you're going to spend the most time in your life with. Right, right. While they work for you. Exactly. You probably want somebody you get along with a little bit, you know, likes the same video games you do and, you know, has the same sexual kinks that you do because you know you're going to bang and doesn't like cocaine because you like it too much and you need somebody to get you off the rails every once in a while there you go but still is it not afraid to let their hair down every now and then and shrink a bottle of gin and shoot up the place (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so kurt meanwhile has found a job as a uh, fish scaler i guess that's what he's doing when his uh, ex-lover Cheryl comes in and she also claims that he owes her money for being his gal. She wants her take. She wants her half. She wants her take out of the last job that he did. Yeah, but there is no money from the take. Right. He gave it all back, but she doesn't. She's a fucking bambo. She doesn't understand that. Mm-hmm. So she just wants new money. Whatever he's pulling down now because he's always pulling down something. Pulling out his I pants. He's pulling down about a buck seventy-five an hour scaling fish. Right. Uh, and then he immediately gets fired from that job because I'm pretty sure that he boned his boss's wife. That's what it seems. Yeah, like day one, boned the boss's wife at the fish factory. That's also a restaurant. Like, could you think of a sexier place to have sex at? Yeah. Fish factory. Remember- I guess if you didn't have a very clean vagina, that would be the place to go because <laughs> you could always just blame it on the fish. That's terrible. Why does it smell? Ah, it's just a fish. Bang uh, away, sir. <laughs> Bang away. <laughs> Come on in. Let's do it. <laughs> Bang away. <laughs> that's 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 how that's sexy talk. At bang the fish away. factory, probably. Yeah, bang away, that's, sir. That's as hot as it gets there. <laughs> Let's go to the junkyard and take my picture. Okay. All right. Sam, have you ever had sex in a fish factory? <laughs> no. I've never even been in a fish factory. He has at the... Re- I don't even know if there's such a thing. He, he did at the recycling facility, though, and the dump. Why would you not bang at the dump? <laughs> it's hot, right? Anybody else get horny and trash? <laughs> <laughs> look at the size of those pelicans. Let's do it, baby. Go to bang town. Yeah. Yeah, you just those you, you don't look at your lover. You look dead in the eye at the seagull that's staring at you. <laughs> There's those big dumpsters that they have there. A lot of privacy. There's usually a recliner in it. Yeah. <laughs> just very convenient. Uh, you get it. I mean, it's almost a little bit of a three-way there because you usually have a string spring going right up, right into your rectum. So, <laughs> yeah, and there's also a bum that's going to have sex with you. Uh, he wasn't invited though. Okay, so well, you didn't pay ten grand to keep him off your ass. That's how much you have to pay to get rid of a bum from raping you. Is ten grand? You got to pay for protection. I oh, I see what's going on here. I was going to say in real life, you could just give him some gin, you know? No, because then he'll shoot up the place. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, back. To no, re- you give him 10 grand and then you can have consensual sex with him. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So uh, Drexler's man is in uh, uh, Kurt's apartment, his collector, and says, you know, hey, you got to pay up. You got a week and a half and all you've given up is, is 50 bucks. Uh, here's a phone number. This will help. So he's got a he's got a job lead. So it's a phone number to an employee employment agency that Drexler's third man down owns. Yep. And it just he's there at the exact same time, coincidentally, 
that Ben is calling the employment agency looking for a secretary. Maybe the secretary didn't shoot the place up. Hmm. It's all an inside job. Drexler's pulling the strings. Because he gets the job as the secretary uh, because he's got all the skills that he needs for a secretary job. No, he doesn't have any of those skills. And he's also tall, good-looking, and very straight. So, no, he's not qualified for this job. So, yeah, he's he's there. It, this is a... This is a setup, Sam. It is a setup. He can probably write shorthand, though. (laughs) Why do you say that? It seems like he's able to keep the notes pretty quickly in every scenario that he has to do so. Oh, okay. I thought because of the perm. Well, that and, you know, his resume, as we find out later in the film, he's gone to Yale Business College Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he served some time over in Europe Mm -hmm. and uh, he's quite accomplished, but he's... A secretary. Yeah, and also uh, very gay, so he won't uh, be interested in fondling anybody's bosoms. Yep. So, perfect candidate, right? This guy can be yep. your friend, and you can stare at him while he's doing the gardening with his shirt off. And no harm, no foul. Yeah. Good pick. <laughs> That's why Jackie hired me. To be her husband. <laughs> For... You guys are on the, the honeypot heist, too? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. uh, in exchange for this job, though, it, he has to deliver the layout of the security system of uh, Cartier's house. Uh, and that'll get him the $35 or $35 debt, the $35,000 debt wiped out. So, yep, it's an inside job. This is also about the time that you realize, because this is billed as a comedy, that this is about as funny as an episode of General Hospital. Pretty much. Yeah, not a lot of laughs here, other than one that we're going to get to that I did chuckle a little bit at. Uh, Because when he walks in uh, to the Cartier residence, uh, all the ladies are giving him googly eyes. And he's kind of googly eyeing back, you know, like he can't help but be, you know super hunky and super charming because he's David Hasselhoff. Like, ha, hi. I hit my head on the way in from that doorway because I'm as tall as doors. (laughs) (laughs) Great joke. (laughs) Don't you like tall guys, right? Okay. I'm going to... If I was that tall, I would use that line. Hi, I'm as tall as doors. (laughs) (laughs) Best pickup line ever. Do you want to get out of here? (laughs) Bang. If you do, I'll have to duck because I'm as tall as doors. (laughs) The ladies love it. The door guy gets um, pretty high. That's not it. Nope. Nope. (laughs) He's like, my door could use some knockers. You want to come along? That's worse than mine. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> and, and, okay, so the maid is hitting on him. Joan Collins thinks he's hunky. Uh, Charles Napier is also in this film. Uh, and he's like, you better not lay a hand on my lady, damn it. He's playing a guy named Morgan, but at the same time, he's not. He's just playing the state of Texas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and he's he like... Gives him some major fucking grief about being gay, too. Like, uncomfortably, like, well, if you were a normal person, you'd have all that. Like, normal person, huh? Or, like, not even. It wasn't a normal person. It was, like, a real person or some shit like that. Like, ew. You're a bad guy. Well, he's Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but kind of sum up uh, some things. They start building on their relationship. Uh, she gets some signals that maybe he's not super gay. Uh, and uh, they bond more and he feels guilty about the heist. He's, he's for, being forced to pull because he realizes that she's not just some diva bitch. Uh, she's got a, got the 
the heart of gold and the spirits to go with him. And the headbands. Yeah. And the headbands. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sam, did you see these headbands? They were like. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, is this one of those headbands, like one of those little towels that you buy at the dollar store that, you know, you put it in water and it expands? Because this was more like an ass donut that she put on her head. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And I was like, how much are it, you sweating? It was almost like she cut the sleeves off a sweater and then just turned it into a headband <laughs> by rolling it. So he does learn, however, during this sequence that uh, there is a key uh, to disable the security system. And now he's being forced to get it, even though he has provided the layout of the security system. They're now making him do this because once you go in, you're never getting out. So uh, then Cheryl stops by because she still is wanting money. And he's like, you're my sister, Cheryl, not my ex uh, bang lady. And uh, so just run with that. She stays for dinner. She's a disgusting pig and has boogers coming out of her nose while slurping soup. And uh, then uh, hijinks ensue. Oh, the sort of the funny joke where the maid still wants to bang him. So she comes over and has a sticky note that says hi smashed into her boobs. (laughs) And she can say hi with her tits whenever she wants. It's great. This is the only maid that I've ever met that just lets her boobs hang out all the time. What are you talking about? I've, I've never seen a movie where the help was like, yeah. I mean, you've seen the little maid outfits, right? But, you know, they're just short. The skirts are short. But this lady has a short skirt and her a V-neck down to her belly button uh. for every fucking outfit. She's vacuuming, going, yep, my boobs just going to flop right out. Eat shit, Joan you Collins. You should check out the movie Clue. God damn it, Sam. You st- I, I let her go so that I can tell her to watch the movie Clue. <laughs> you vet. I don't, <laughs> the rem- maid. I don't You don't remember the maid's tits in Clue? No. Like, that's the whole, like, running joke. Everybody gets distracted by all the murders because every time she comes into the room, they're like, and the fucking Colonel Mustard was banging her and they got pictures of him in full flagrante delecto. Proceed with the banging. Uh, yeah, bang away. <laughs> yeah. Bang away, sir. Yeah, Clue's a great movie, but yeah, dude, French maids' outfits are always low cut, honey. Not like these. Hmm. Okay. Again, check out the movie Clue. Yeah, again, check out the movie Clue. <laughs> I'm going to have to look like, it up again. It's like there's one thread holding those things in, and it's <laughs> trying its hardest, but you know it's going to break. That movie is so good. Okay. Um, so... He, uh, as they're dealing with, uh, Cheryl's, uh, hanger honoriness, he finds, or Ben reveals to us that he is not a good manager, that, but that he's embezzling from Cartier as well. Yeah, he's going to steal all of his money and run away with the frigid wife of the co-star. Mm-hmm. It appears now that the table is set for an Emmy night double heist. Yep, yep. On on Emmy night, while she's not there, he's going to take the books and run. I can't wait to get to the Emmy night dress. Okay, I'll just wait. All right. Well, let's move along. Uh, Cartier starts to really trust uh, Kurt, though, and so she gives him the key to the safe, and he's like, God damn it. But he does pass it on to Drexler's goons. He's been, I would like to interject here. Mm-hmm. He's been looking for this key in like cabinets and like behind paintings and stuff, right? She just pulls it out like with the kitchen plates. Mm-hmm. It was like nowhere special. It, it probably was just on a key ring holder that's in there. I you know where you, yeah, where you put your car keys. She's like, security. Actually, it, it was on a key holder next to the safe. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, what's that key for? The safe, of course. Oh, it can't be that oh. easy. <laughs> okay. No one will suspect. <laughs> uh, but they're going to set him up as the fall guy for this larceny of, of stealing her stuff. So he's going to end up going back to prison and working for Drexler again and owing him another $35,000. And on and on it goes. Right. Well, 
And the thing is, is she's getting these diamonds from a uh, Texas mm-hmm. guy. and Charles Napier. I'm thinking, like, how successful is this fucker? I mean, he's a cattle rancher. We know that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but he's giving her giant diamonds? Mm-hmm. And we haven't even seen them yet. But based off what so she's you've... wearing all the time, right, I'm thinking, this is these have got to be some pretty substantial diamonds. Yeah. And later we find out, I am fucking right. Yeah. Like, that's bigger than the Hope Diamond. No fucking way that a cattle rancher could afford that. I don't know about that. If you know anything about Idaho politics right now, uh, there are two cattle ranchers that now own about half the state of Idaho. Private land. They just bought it all. And BLM land, well, not BLM land, but state-owned land, whatever that's called. The Department of... Yeah, Parks and Rec uh, bought all that fucking shit from... Like, cattle ranchers can get fucking loaded. Was JR in oil or cattle? He was oil. in oil. Yeah. Oil. Yeah, but either way, like, these Texas guys, they've got bucks. Yeah, big bucks. And big hats. Why aren't you a cattle rancher? Because I don't live in Texas. Okay. Yeah. If I did, you better believe. Sign so me you, up. How do you get started? Like, we have a pretty big backyard. Maybe we could get, like, two cows. Yeah. And just kind of start from there. Mm-hmm. And then... uh you know, we they could have a baby cow. The problem is uh, with raising cattle is that they're incredibly delicious. <laughs> so they wouldn't make it out out of our backyard. It would yeah. just be like, we're growing a cow to eat. Yum, yeah. yum, yum. It's like being a drug dealer and smoking up your supply. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you know. You're over there like, oh, baby, eat that corn. <laughs> <laughs> Fatten up, Susie. I, I They wouldn't even make it that far. <laughs> You'd be like, cow! Yeah, get it. It's dinner. All right, so she's sad and lonely because nobody loves her. She comes home to an empty house. She's getting written off of her show. Uh, and After she says she was going to quit. Right. And so she finds Kurt up alone in his room, uh, a man in his, his thoughts, and uh, eventually it leads to them uh, kissing. This is my favorite line in this movie, too, because... I love when she says, I pay you enough. You can listen to my fucking problems. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Kurt, and sh- just sit there. Yeah. She's also like, I wanted you to be comfortable, so I provided you with a child's bed and a spring mattress. If you move rapidly, you will actually bounce off it and break your arm. <laughs> yep. Okay, so. Uh, so they do kiss, but she leaves because she's like, I don't want to turn you straight. And he's like, ah, damn it. What about this raging boner? Well, he did kind of hint around about it when they were in the kitchen scene before she gives him the security key. He's like, even a vegan knows what to do with a hamburger. Right. And I'm like, yeah, you eat it. I mean, that's a good saying, but the vegan doesn't eat the hamburger. Oh, yeah. It looks the meat. In- hmm. Unless no one's watching. <laughs> yeah. What happened to that hamburger? Nothing. I'm vegan. Really? <laughs> I have a tummy ache. <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom. All right. So it's Emmy day. She goes alone because he's not going to go. He throws a. She thinks it's because they smooched, but really he's going to stay back and prevent the heist. And she's got one of the coolest dresses I've ever seen. Yeah. It. She's dressed like, uh, when we first see her in the scene, she's got uh, a sexy lingerie on, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. kind of makes her look like a saloon girl. Yeah, a little bit. And then she puts on a saloon girl dress. And you're like, yes! And she's got a cattle, a big bighorn steer choker on. And then she's got like these big diamond earrings. And she looks like a harlot. She looks like an old town saloon girl. And I fucking loved it. And her boobs look fantastic in this dress. Yeah, they do. Also, I think it, it, the design is sort of like the top half is a raven, but then she's got rocket thrusters on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she was going for, Sam. She wanted to look like a character from He-Man. Uh, <laughs> no, she looks like a, a saloon gal. A very sexy saloon yeah, gal. Yeah, an expensive saloon gal. Like, it's going to cost you more than a bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much saloon girls cost back then. You like, can't just... A dollar? You can't just come back into my town again, Dusty Roads, without giving me a kiss goodbye. <laughs> Sam, you've had sex with a hooker. How much do they cost? No, I'm just kidding. That's, That's not true. I, now you're walking over the top of my Dusty Roads jokes. 
We're going to be there on Sunday. I'm going to work you over like I've never been worked over before. <laughs> How much do you think a, an old West hooker costs? I don't know. Just a dollar was a lot, though. A dollar was a so lot. So maybe yeah. like a quarter. Yeah, probably. Depending. And they probably had cool names for quarters when you paid hookers, like, you know, like a like a quarter spot. <laughs> the old one four. Actually, I believe that that's where the term two bit, two bit whore comes from is that it's two quarters. Probably two bits. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So do you guys ever think like if you had your money that you make at your current job and you went back in time mm-hmm. and you would be super fucking rich, sure. right? Right. And like you could be a real fucking asshole to people because you'd be like, I got more money than you. <laughs> that's, that's what you do. Is be an asshole to people. I'd be an asshole to other rich people. You know the fate of the planet, and you can change the course of history. But instead, you're like, I'm rich, <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking like like a character from the, uh, Monopoly or something. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Also, your future money will be worth less than dirt. Oh. So this is even more dubious than my time travel plan, where I have sex with starlets by showing them my future phone. Yeah. Mm. How are you going to get money back in time? Like, because you can't take modern dollars because they'd be date marked. Like, you'd give the whole thing away. So you'd have to take gold bullion and gold bullion weighs a whole lot. So how are you going to get that in your damn time machine and teleport it back in time? Well, first, step one, gentlemen, Mm -hmm. attack a pirate ship. (laughs) Just time travel onto a pirate ship, shove a bunch of shit in your pants, and then time travel back. Gold again. Yeah, your pants are probably going to fall down, but uh, nobody's going to care because you're fucking rich. So then you'd have to go back further in time because what you've done is filled your pants pockets full of gold, which isn't very much gold. And then you are saying travel back to the normal time. Just no, these are like 1990s uh, pocket pants. So, you know, they have pockets everywhere. That's still not very much gold. Plus, you're doing all this legwork. You're like. Going back and forth, trying to figure out exchange rates, melting gold down, turning it into bars, right. rat-holing it in the Old West. Meanwhile, I'm just traveling around time like a, the worst cad. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I, I feel like my extremely dubious time travel plan is a lot less dubious than yours. You know, this is going to sound really awful, but if I was going to time travel to do what Sam is doing... How many of them do you think I'd have to rate? Because I'm not very good looking. <laughs> you don't need... You're missing the key uh, component of the Time Machine hit list. You're from the future. And so <laughs> you tell them that the fate of the universe is at stake and the only way to prevent it is to have sex with you. So Dean Martin? Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, it's 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 caddy. It's not... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sing Valare and then let's <laughs> bang away, sir. Yeah, for the sake <laughs> of the universe. Yeah, yeah and if they have any questions hopefully you traveled back before 84 and you just show them the terminator and they're like oh my god right yeah your your son that i'm going to put in you dean martin is (laughs) 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 it doesn't work so well there sam uh yeah i guess you're gonna put a son in me wait what i don't know okay no, so, I wouldn't want to have all these celebrity baby kids. But you don't actually have the baby kids. You just do that to seduce them. You are terrible at this. Ty, you're, you're, you are not allowed to travel back in time for any reason. <laughs> you're going to fuck up the whole space-time continuum. Probably. Yeah. Because I'll be like, I'm rich and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but you're really not no. either. You know, Jackie would actually be of benefit because it would be so bumbling and backwards that... She'd be like, I got back, nothing I, I uh, tried to do worked, and I accidentally prevented Chernobyl, and now <laughs> the Earth is nice. Yeah, yeah, okay, so she's like uh, the three stooges of time travel. <laughs> All in All one. wrapped in one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Huh. And right. I'd have some pretty sweet outfits. All right, we really do have to move on with this movie. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So we're back to I mean, we started rocket with, booster dress. Yeah, rocket booster dress. That's where we started with this whole dumb thing. Okay. So anyways, uh, he's in the safe room. Uh, he's got a gun. He goes to stop them, but he's immediately nabbed by a much bigger man than him. And uh, also, Ben is there. Uh, it's a dual, dual Emmy heist, as Sam said earlier. And there's some burglary hijinks that ensue. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Some Scooby-Doo type stuff. Yeah. It's pretty stupid. I do like that on the way out, they just decide for good measure to steal the manager's car. Right. Not knowing the manager, not ever seeing that they're like, hey, that car wasn't here. Let's fucking steal that. I'm all amped up on this heist. We should fucking steal that car. Let's do it. We should steal that LTD. Sweet. <laughs> okay, so they but they put Ben in the or Kurt in the car and Ben sees them drive off with Kurt. And so now he's also got his fall guy for everything. So he tells the cops and Cartier that Kurt stole everything, including the cooked books and the diamonds and her savings and her wigs and her fingernail clippings to sell on eBay and all of it. If you were a celebrity, would you sell like locks of hair to make money for charity? Yeah, am I a celebrity? Like, am I currently me and famous or am I rich and famous? You're rich and famous. Then why would you do that? You sell your hair on Don't like, need more money. Chris you're, Hemsworth. You're well, no, this is for charity. Oh, for charity. Yes. Yeah, you'd be like, I will sell you one lock of hair. Mm-hmm. And I will start the bidding at fifty dollars. Do you think Are you suggesting w- that Ariana Grande puts her all of her panties in Japan in order to help the March of Dimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great idea. Hey, man, we got to do what we can out there, right? You got your talents, I got mine. She's got hers. Yeah, and you get an autographed picture, like thanks, Sam, for the memories, <laughs> and uh, you get this pair of panties and then you can be like I totally did her banged away (laughs) (laughs) so I got these underwear why are we talking about this (laughs) I don't know okay all right so can we please talk about this movie because I got other things I gotta do uh so big guy oh now the big guy that nabbed Kurt is gonna shoot him but fortunately, he's terrible at henching. Yeah, he's not a very good henchman. Like, real bad. He's very... Yeah, he's real bad. He gets locked out of the room that he was going to hench in. Like, you haven't even started henching yet because you're locked out of out of the room, you idiot. And he's like, oh, let me in. Just let me in and shoot you. Come on. And then he gets the... The classic screw job where he like, oh, the door's open and he comes in and then Hasselhoff runs out and locks him in there. And he's like, oh, damn it. Oh, okay, let me let out. Happen. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's not funny anymore. Meanwhile, David Hasselhoff is bailed out of a window and ran down the street. He's escaped. It was inside. He could have just unlocked that door and walked out. He could have, but it's funner. You always got to go through the window when you have the opportunity. Well, that, and how's anybody going to believe his story unless he breaks out a window? Proof. That. He had to escape it. Okay. I don't see how that's relevant. Because then when the police come, you'd be like, hey, I had to bust my way out of that joint. That guy was going to fucking shoot me. Or they could just be like, here's the diamonds. They've got them right there, those bad guys. Yeah, it doesn't have them. Okay. So you got to bust out. I don't think the, you see, you're not even going to be good at like being a, a, a ex hostage. It's an alibi. It's that's literally not an alibi. <laughs> I had to bust my way out. That's not an alibi. My God. <laughs> my alibi is I jumped through the glass at the place where the merchandise was moved after it was stolen. Right. We're sorry, that's not an alibi. And you're going to prison. Look, there's a piece of glass stuck in my arm, and I'm pretty sure if you put that whole window back together, this piece is going to be in there. This is the missing piece. Meanwhile, Dexter is just looking at you with a blank face like, God damn it, this person's a fucking idiot. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Cheryl has busted onto the set of uh, Stormfront and tells Cartier... That uh, he was in prison before, that Kurt was in prison before, and she's like, oh, not everything is what it seems. Uh, And then Kurt nabs her in the limo outside, drives her to his apartment, tells her the plot, and she's like, my God, it was all a setup. Thank God, because you're handsome and I want to get in your pants. But the cops pull up beforehand, and they chase him around in the limo while she's driving, and she gives him the slip, and she's like, you and me together forever, buster. I... I'm pretty sure 
the, the parking lot that they hide in to just park and the police drive by uh-huh. is the parking lot at CBS Records. Ah. Mm. And okay. there is no better spot to hide in L.A. than the parking lot of CBS Records around this time. Go look at who was signing with CBS Records. They thought about signing my dad. Oh. <laughs> That's why I know where the parking lot is. So you're saying that this is where they got the crappy bug? The crappy I, bug. No, that I don't. Oh, the, the, the they, movie car. Yeah, that, that would be a car lot. I thought you were talking about like some band that CBS Records was hiring. <laughs> the crappy bug. The crappy bug. Yeah, the shitty Beatles, you know. Uh, How did you know that's what Sam's dad's band was called? <laughs> because it's a joke from Wayne's World. Um, yeah, so they were like the Netflix of the early 80s, Sam. They'll, they'll sign anybody. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> No, it was just at, at this time, CBS Records was sort of off the beaten path. They weren't what they were many, many years before. Mm. Okay. Well, then you would think their parking lot would be empty. Thus making it not a good place to hide. No, it was so empty that you could park there, probably, and not get a ticket. So there's like only four cars there for CBS Records. I'm like oh. <laughs> sleeping in one of them. Everybody else is just using it for free parking. Right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So uh, they then hatch a plan to go down to Mexico, steal the jewels back. I don't know when the, the jewels ended up in Mexico. Uh, Those two dudes took them. But why did they take them to Mexico? Why didn't they just take them to Drexler? Because they're going to blame it on him. And they're going to take those jewels and they're going to take off to Europe. At what point does Mexico get involved, Jackie? Because the one guy has a house in Mexico. Uh, yeah. Huh. It's on his the wall. They're slip on Drexler. Oh, they're They've stealing the heist- jewel. Oh, yeah. okay. They have to escape his, his great reach. I thought that they were delivering him. Okay, that makes sense now. So they're going to Australia. <laughs> well, let's just stick with them going to Mexico for right now. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> So they're gonna go down there and steal them. Uh, they uh, head head there in a in a old crappy VW Beetle, and up ahead they spot a roadblock, and so they do a U-turn. But one of the cops see them do the U-turn. And he's like, "Follow that Beetle!" So they chase after him, and the cops aren't very good at hiding or finding guys because they give these cops the slip too by just hiding in a culvert. Even though the cops like, "Go check that culvert out. Maybe they're in there," and they don't, and they get away. That's he's like. That's pretty far down there. Um, they're not in there. It's fine. Yeah, it's like I shown my flashlight from here, and I don't see any reflective stuff. We're we're good. Yeah, we're not far from uh, San Diego and Tijuana. Uh, I don't go into culverts here because uh, I've seen things in culverts. Sam, you've had sex in a culvert, right? <laughs> Just the one time. <laughs> That's what they call him, Culvert Sam. <laughs> you guys hear about the Culvert Man? <laughs> culvert Man. Uh, the best part about having sex in a culvert is when she says, bang away, it echoes kind of fun. <laughs> uh, right. Okay, so they find a motel room. There, uh, she's wearing his clothes, and, and she's like, how do you want your dinner? And he says, awfully hot and awfully wet, and then they bang. Yay! They get to Mexico the next morning, and uh, the goons are putting the jewels on a biplane, so they try to sneak down there, but she gets nabbed immediately. Fortunately, uh, Kurt pulls a gun and gets the drop on the dude that's nabbed her, and now they're checking out the plane, finding the jewels inside. They also are just coughing dust out because they drove to Mexico on a dirt road <laughs> in a top-down bug. Can't even get their lines out. Uh, but up above, the employment agency guy, what's his name, Lautner? Lauder? Ed Lauder. Ed Lauder, yeah, I can't remember what his character's name is. Uh, he spots them and starts firing, shooting at them, and they're like, God damn it, get out of here, even though there's a 0% chance that he could ever hit them. Uh, so they dive into the plane, and he punches the pilot out and takes over the flight controls, and they're getting chased. Where does the other plane come from? 
It was there the whole time. Yeah, but why? Why is there two planes? Because this this guy's like, hey, I'm the guy. I'm two plane guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm two plane Tony. You know me. <laughs> yeah. When he goes into town, he's like, I need all these gas cans filled, ladies, because two plane Tony. <laughs> you guys want to come check out my planes? Y'all know me. <laughs> I got two planes. <laughs> Hey, Two-Plane Tony, you still haven't paid your bar tab. Don't worry, it's me, Two-Plane Tony. If I'm good for anything, it's paying off bar tabs. That's why I got two planes. You know me. Either that or one's for his crop dusting business, and the other one is, and this is a retirement place. Let's let's face it, it's not very nice. It's not next to any water. This is a retirement slash gotta get out of town kind of place. Yeah. And one's for the yeah. crop dusting business he's going to start, and the other one is for smuggling drugs. The crop dusting business he's going to start in an area where you'd have to travel about a thousand miles to find crops or tillable land. That's right. <laughs> well, he's going to just start a cactus farm. and Well, maybe when you're so famous, you know, everybody knows you as a two-plane Tony, you know, you got to get away from it all. You got to have your own secret uh, hideaway that nobody will ever bother you at. So this is not Cheers. No, this is the op- opposite of Cheers, mm. where you don't want to have anybody know you're too plain Tony. <laughs> too plain Tony. I can dust your crops. Like the paparazzi are following you, you know. You got to give them a slip on your on the way back to where the you keep your two planes. The donkey paparazzi yeah, in the Mexico. There's <laughs> a donkey and he's got a camera. He's like, click, click. Too plain Tony. He's making selfies of himself. I found him. Look at me, guys. I was on vacation, and I got this picture of Two-Plane Tony. Oh, wow. The donkey's on vacation? Yeah. He usually works in Tijuana as a zebra. No. <laughs> Stop. No, they're seriously donkeys that they make look like zebras in Tijuana. Yeah. It's because the donkeys have another side <laughs> job. So he's like, going to go on vacation? Donkeys are also trying to get away from it all because they've got some they've got some labor issues. <laughs> Things that they have to do are not OSHA approved. Well, he beat up a tourist and stole a camera. So he's like, I gotta go on vacation. <laughs> Good. This is so funny in my head. Donkey punches somebody, give me that fucking camera. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Okay. Okay. Okay, so the donkey paparazzi. He's earlier in He's in a TJ state of mind. Some people like to get away. Uh earlier in the film it's revealed when they're falling in love. Uh-huh. Uh he tells her what he was in prison for, and she tells him his her real name, that he's actually pretty white-collar crime, and he got put in prison for pushing phony oil stocks. Yeah. And she's like, I'm an actress. We're made for each other. <laughs> what do you guys think her real name is? Oh, uh, uh, Anya Johnson. Sam? I thought she said it, and I forgot it immediately because it was unimportant. No, no, she, she whispered it in his mm-hmm. ear, so we never found oh, out. Then I would assume that the fake name that she uses for the account later is her real name, because that's like a whole thing where Telly Savalas is like, "Who's that?" And she's like, "How should I know?" Ha ha ha. Oh, oh, maybe. And it was pretty humdrum. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, not as good as photographer donkey. No, definitely not. All right, so let's get through this. They're chased by the goons in the airplane. They're shooting out of each other. It's not nearly as exciting as uh, Alan Quartermain, uh, but ends up like when your villain gets defeated by forgetting to fill up the plane with gas and runs out of gas and then is arrested by the CBP. Uh, it's a pretty bad plane chase. It is. He also at one point... Like, goes, I'm going to tear his wings off and then flies over the top of him. And you're like, how would that work exactly? (laughs) Right. 
And then in victory, he does a barrel roll. Like, wait, where did you, you can't just do a barrel roll. <laughs> yeah. See, the only joke I laughed at in this movie was actually during this sequence when Joan Collins tries to fire the gun and the yes. uh, chamber falls out and then she just sort of throws it. She did really good with that. I thought that was pretty that funny. Was, that was actually legitimately funny. Uh, but anyways, they uh, later she goes and visits Catelli Savalas, like we talked about in this scene. And she's like, I'll give you the diamonds if you let Kurt go away and be out of your debt forever. And they agree. And then cut to them still in Mexico in a cave where they're like, boy, sure is pretty out. What are we going to do now that we don't have any money? I don't know, but at least we've got each other. Roll credits. Wait, what? Huh? Yeah, it's over. Yep. Then the donkey comes up and he's like, click, click. Hey, hey, I'm on vacation. Can you guys uh, take my picture? And then they steal his the donkey's camera because they don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this will get us 50 bucks. Yeah, they go to pawn it. And that donkey's yeah. like, but my picture's a two-plane Tony were on that. Nobody will believe me. Yeah, nobody <laughs> will believe me about two-plane. Ah, God damn it. So they started yeah. a life of crime. <laughs> yeah. They ask the donkey if he's using Kodak, and he goes, what am I, a film student? I use Fujichrome. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh let's go with questions who wants to go first me what's the cartier affair because she specifically tells telly savalas i'm i assume you heard of the cartier affair and he's like why of course i have what is it it's her getting robbed and then kidnapped yeah that's called the cartier kidnapping when fucking uh, Patty Hearst got abducted, they didn't call it the Patty Hearst affair. That's the Patty Hearst kidnapping, or or the well, there... the Lindbergh baby. When the Lindbergh baby got kidnapped, they didn't call it the Lindbergh baby affair. Well, that's because this has it... three different parts to it: manager theft, diamond theft, kidnapping. Yeah, it's. When a, a heist becomes that complicated, it becomes a whole affair. Such, uh, see, the Thomas Crown affair. Well, yeah, but that's, the, but that, okay, so it's the heist, not her kidnapping. Yeah. It's just one specific thing. Well, all of it together becomes an affair. Yeah. Well, how about an ordeal? A door, ordeal sounds Oh, more. no, no, it wasn't much of an ordeal. Mm, okay. Affair. Interesting. All right. Fair enough. Good answer. Affair enough. <laughs> Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> Shut up, donkey. Or we'll punch you in the face. Steal your camera. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, what's your question, Jackie? Or questions? So does she ever go back to Hollywood? She does because she goes and sees Telly Savalas. And then all of a sudden she's in a Mexico cave. I think the prison's by the Mexico cave from what he was saying. <laughs> like, But it doesn't really line up, which leads me to my question. She doesn't have the jewels anymore. The money's probably tied up for a while before they catch that guy, but she still has the house, mm -hmm. right? And she's also now the number one uh, hired, hireable actress in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. She's going to come back to those movies she wanted to do. Like big movies, like good movies. She's not going to be working on fucking Stormfront anymore. No, she's going to be cast next to fucking Michael Douglas in the next uh, uh I don't Black know. Black Rain. Yeah, Black Rain. Oh, that's going to work out good. The donkey affair. <laughs> the donkey affair, yeah. She's going to be all, I mean, book book rights. You know, she can write a book about the Cartier affair and how she fell in love with her own uh, kidnapper. You know? She's, she's rich. Yeah. And all he has to do is show her the wiener. Yeah, all he has to do is do gardening with his shirt off. I mean... Good. I think good work if you he's get prob it. Well, you know, he's actually at this point like the best personal assistant ever because he really does love her. She loves him. Uh -huh, uh -huh. She gets to take him with her wherever she goes right. because that's her personal assistant, right? And also her lover. But yeah, yeah, she's basically going to be Stedman. okay. She's she's Oprah's Stedman, you know. Well, you know, and the thing is, is that if they keep it on the DL. She could still get more diamonds from Rancher Guy to rebuild her fortune. Yeah, but then you'd probably have to also bang Charles Napier. I think she already is. 
you know, I think that's going to create a little problems with her current bang dude who no. she actually cares about. No. No. You think He's it's like, fun? just do it. No. And here's where that's at because Morgan, the Napier's character, when shit hits the fan, it's like, where are you at, Texas? And he's like, I'm just like Texas. I'm just going to bow out on this one. <laughs> I'll step aside. Okay. Uh, remember the Alamo rental car. I don't have a good joke there. Um, remember that donkey attack. <laughs> yeah, okay. You just want to keep going back to your joke. I do like that story in my I'm, head. I know you do. It's still going. I very much know you do, and so does everybody else that's listening. Sam, you got anything else question-wise? I do not. I'm ready to move on. Me too. Final recommendations. I will start with Sam. If you really like soap operas, give it a shot. Okay. I'm going to say don't yeah. uh, because specifically, even though it's not that bad, it's mm-hmm. actually not that bad. Right. The problem is, is that every single episode of The Scarecrow and Mrs. King is better because it's only 42 minutes long. Right. And it does all the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will also give it a do not, uh, specifically for our listeners. It's just not something I think that's in the majority of our listeners' wheelhouses. Um, I will also praise it as probably the... Best produced, written, acted, and directed, made for TV movie between the years of 1980 and 1987, uh, which isn't really saying a whole lot because it's fine. It's just a fine, bland, made for TV movie. And guess what? If I was my age in 1984, I would have watched it and been like, eh, it was fine. But it's like for what we're trying to accomplish. Nah, don't don't waste your time, Jackie. I'm also gonna give it a don't. I it was draggy. The jokes fell flat, and my donkey story was way funnier than this movie. There she goes. She's back to it. I know. Yeah, that's how she's doing the time travel, Sam. She just keeps. She's a looper. And my time travel story was funnier than this movie. It really wasn't though, because <laughs> it was horribly inept. <laughs> Yeah, it just, it it fell flat. Okay. All right, three don'ts from us. Uh, next week on the podcast, it is my pick, and I'm going to kick off the Christmas season with a movie star- that Jackie and I caught a little bit of, starring Cynthia Rothrock, Gary Daniels, and Chris Mitchum, Santa's Summer Home. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, currently streaming on Amazon Prime, so check that out. If you want to cheat, there's also a riff tracks for it, but we are going to do it straight up legit. Uh, before we go, I have to do, it's not really a you're wrong, idiot. You're an idiot and an asshole. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, last week, last week, and I'm doing it to me. <laughs> uh, last week when we did uh, Lost City of Gold, I, met, when we were talking about, uh, when we were talking about James Earl Jones... Okay waving his middle finger at everybody i was like take this conan take that and i just said the big guy <laughs> i did not refer to david prouse by his name right. and he died yeah after i did that and i feel like a fucking asshole yeah you are a fucking asshole. and yeah we we lost a good one a few days ago yeah well pour one out for another homie but he was 85 he lived a good life uh anyways We'll talk to you wow, guys Wow, way too... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty callous. You know. Yeah, wow. Okay. Well, hey. Don't die, listeners, because Justin will just like throw your hey. ass under the bus. Hey, you lived a good life, like Duplane Tony. You know, Duplane Tony's not immortal. If anybody's going to be immortal, it's a guy with two planes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not, so... Ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, get to the chopper.